It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as the pilot of Firefly and the first two episodes of The Rings of Power. Past Wednesday, I was with a friend, and uh, I was <laughs> showing them Tartakovsky's Clone Wars micro series, Volume One, which was so nice because I was wanting to do that before we did Revenge of the Sith, just to give like a like, one to get rid of the to palate cleanse the um, <laughs> CG Wars movie we did. Um, I'll have to go back and watch Volume Two with them, but in turn. They had asked me, hey, have you ever watched Firefly? I'm like, nope, not at all. So, Caleb, guess what I watched on Wednesday? Oh, was it the uh, first episode? The pilot of Firefly. Oh, cool. It's a good pilot. Yes, I will say it was a very well done pilot. I don't know how long Wheaton had for, like, had this idea in his mind, but... It was fully fleshed out, and, well, I guess, you know, I'll let you, you know, I'll turn the tables around and let you ask all the questions. Hmm. Questions. Uh, did you feel, because it's been a while since I've seen that pilot. Of course. Um, did you feel like there was a mystery box element to it? I can't remember if, if they start setting up some of the mysteries in that one. Well, there's a mystery, there's, there's a mystery surrounding a box, but we find <laughs> out what's in the box through the halfway point, so... Um, but other than that, the mystery obviously is, I guess, surrounded by Malcolm Reynolds' character and why he's a very complex character in that he used to work for the, the Fed, Feder, not Federation, but the, the government, excuse me, he used to be a soldier of theirs. And then six years later, or yeah, one bad event, one bad day, six years later, he's now sort of still trying to be on good terms with them until the very end of that episode uh, where he shoots that f- federal uh, agent it, like straight in the face and I guess, yeah, I guess it's just like you know, how he is a complex character and just how he operates and so I assume the remaining 11 episodes are gonna show me uh, some of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah, the movie the, yeah, Serenity of course <laughs> Did they play the? I can't remember if it plays in the pilot. the The opening theme song. They did. Uh, they did play the opening theme song. Oh my god! Every time they used to come on, it would just melt my heart. That song, for whatever reason. It's a good theme. It's a good theme. Yeah, I have a, I have a big thing for for opening themes, and yeah, that one would always touch oh, me yeah. in place. Now, what do you think about the kind of melding of 
some melding of genres and some melding of cultures. Uh, how do you think that? Came so across? this is not Cowboy Bebop live action, and I don't just I'm not talking about you know, the one Netflix series that came out last year. I'm just talking like if people think this is in a similar vein to the ideas and concept behind Bebop, as in showing a fully fleshed out like world, um, but it's like a space western and. I must obviously say this, this is Wagon to the Stars more than Toss ever was. I know that yeah. was the original intent for Toss, but it kind of went further than that. This is literally Toss in space, or not Toss, uh, Wagon Train to the Stars, sort of, but it literally is like a Western, like down to everybody wearing American Western themed clothing, um, and then... Mm -hmm. The weapons being looking like they're western themed not so much the ships unless i'm wrong on that um like there's no wet like space wagons <laughs> that'd be funny yeah um of course there's that chinese element that's in there that like mm -hmm. uh people speak either mandarin or cantonese uh phrases every now and then but my only concern about that is well can we see more chinese people than just what you're showing us because You've not really shown me like that this unless this is like the government like the the intergalactic or interplanetary government that's ruling all these uh systems or these planets is like the home world there is like full on like just populated by chinese people but i don't really see many like chinese people in the show yeah that that's fair i i always got the sense in that show that it was kind of like um yeah the kind of whatever America was when it spread out to the stars was there, but that China was kind of the dominant force and the kind of expanding out. And so that's yeah. why it seems like that's almost more of the shared language, the Chinese than just uh, like English. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's, and it's a reverse. It's almost a, well, again, pilot it's reverse of fortune where like the Chinese came to America to, you know, make money uh, to send back for their families in China because it wasn't doing too well around that time period of like the 1850s or just the 19th century, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's a reverse of fortune where I guess like they're the ones in charge and all ca Caucasian and other race uh, ethnicities are kind of under their thumb now. I don't know. I don't know about that. Probably haven't gone a little far on that, but like it, I don't know. I just that, That's just what it seems like. If people are really speaking both like saying certain either swear words or certain phrases in in chinese all of a sudden um i guess i feel like the actors did an okay job with that i don't know how uh, <laughs> chinese americans or canadians would would react to that it's like oh it's oh it's so bad i, just, I have no i have no idea um yeah next question um it's been so long since I've seen that show, but um, that's that's fair. I just dropped this on him, so he has <laughs> no like prior knowledge to this. So he's making this all up on the spot. Um, I remember a part of the show that always uh, sucked me in, especially back when I was religious, was a uh, book and all of his kind of uh, shepherd, like his secret religion or not secret religion, but kind of we don't learn a lot about it early on. I, I feel like it kind of bleeds through the show. I remember that being an element that really stood out for me. Um, what kind of what do you think of some of the the different characters that we get? Fair enough. So we have oh boy, good question. Okay, so we have Gina Torres as I guess is that his second in command or his quartermaster? Is that Inara? The are you saying the actress? 
Gina Torres. Yeah, the, yeah, Gina Torres is the actor. Um, and she is the one, I guess, second in command that's has a relationship with uh, K2SO. So, I don't know, like... Oh, that, oh, yeah, that character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, Zoe. Zoe, thank you, yeah. Okay, so, um, this feels... This, this is going to sound maybe a bit offensive, but I was very surprised she was uh, second in command. I guess if that's what Zoe's role is in the show. Or on the ship, excuse me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's kind of the confidant for, for Maul. Okay, she exudes too much like I'm not I'm not I'm in charge energy but she just I think she this is the wrong role for her because she really feels like she should be in charge like Hmm. is there's never not that she's exuding that energy interacting and never but just looking at her I looked at her presence I'm like you should literally be going uh, against the muscle and the, the dumb muscle of the group and like be at odds with him and like you know arm wrestling him and beating him all the time like she honestly should be taking names. Like I, I feel like I say Miss Cass, but it's just like, ah, oh, dude. Like, I, it obviously shows like how good of an actor she is. But like, I don't know, man. She, I feel like she could play her own captain. Yeah, and um, coming from such a fan of uh, Star Trek, I always feel like that was kind of the role of the second in command. The captain can be more, a little bit more lackadaisical, a little bit more uh, kind of friendly in his way. And it's up to the the second in command to be the real hard ass to be the one that kind of really shows the the established nature of their command except it's reversed oh in uh firefly yeah it is because like reynolds is the a-hole and she's the level-headed person well yeah i guess early on i guess that's how uh maul would, would come across yeah yeah okay but he does become more of a sillier kind of persona as it goes I can on. believe that. I believe that. I'm just like again, episode yeah. one. Episode I don't know one, anything exactly. after that. So again, of episode one, he's the he's the um, he's the what was I? I just had thought of it. Um, he's the blunt. Yeah, bl- he's he's the blunt um, knucklehead, and yeah, she's kind of the one that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, jerk with a heart of gold, and she's the uh, yeah, level-headed confidant or whatever you want to call it like trying to keep the ship going um k2so this man can't do anything wrong <laughs> i hope to goodness he never gets ca- uh, canceled um yeah no him and her in a relationship some people could cry out like oh why why don't we just have like you know two actors of the same ethnicity in a relationship here's interracial couple yeah whatever um you know he's he's funny that, that's all i'll say um can't really yeah. I assume those there's more to him than uh than just this episode so and we have dumb muscle who uh mm-hmm. we have yeah, I, don't, I don't know if thank you uh we don't know I don't know if this was the original trope trope but it's the I have you as a on the payroll uh, even though I know you want to betray me so he's the <laughs> starscream in a way I don't know if that's maybe that's technically starscream but yeah so we have the starscream <laughs> trope of like He's the one that goes off the rails every now and then. He almost, you know, gets tempted by the federal agent to, like, betray Reynolds uh, and mm. get something out of it. He always wants to get paid. I'm just like, the obvious question is, why does Reynolds keep him here? Um, and I like how he lays out, not just to the muscle, but also the doctor. I hate, pardon me if I'm using 
terms for them and just distilling yeah. them all down to like the role. It's just I don't remember all their names. That's fair. Um, but I like how he said like towards the episode, end of the episode, he's like to the doctor, "Listen, if I wanted to kill you, you have a gun in my hand, your hand, you're in front of me, and I shoot you." So it's like I like the rules that he's drawn out with everybody of like it's not gonna i'm not gonna stab you in the back i'm gonna do it in front of your face you're aware of it this is happening <laughs> so basically like a western almost like a, a, a duel yeah it's funny i think the doctor is the only one whose name i can't remember i can remember everyone else i just can't remember it, that one <laughs> that's funny but so dump dump muscle i assume there's a complex relationship with the two of them i don't know how many times he's gonna screw him over um <laughs> obviously there is those those moments of like he's there on the planet and then like he's got the long distance rifle uh he's got the scope and he it looks like he's gonna do a headshot to mal and then obviously he does not um but obviously it's trying to make the audience think that i don't know know if it worked for some people or not i don't know if he (laughs) does really end up betraying him and then all of a sudden like takes him back after I, i don't know episode one but i just know that that is a trope that exists is the starscream the um, the, gr- the the member of the group that is either always at odds with the captain uh, or the leader, either wants to get paid or is the renegade and may go off the rails. So not that he did that in this episode, don't get me wrong. Um, but he certainly seems very simple-minded and only wants to get paid. And then I also question like why he still stays. <laughs> but again, I assume there's a backstory to him. Um, then we have... The mechanic, um, yeah, Kaylee. Yes, Kaylee. Um, her voice sort of got to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's the actor from White Rock. Am I right? Uh, oh, I I don't know. I'm not I think sure. so. I don't know. I'm gonna probably look her up, but like, um, yeah, she was never a highlight for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no offense to her. No. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, good actor. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that's that the the. the her voice shouldn't take me out. She's basically oh, how would I define her? Um, she's so she's a mechanic, and she she's like Edward from Bebop, and who's a good mechanic? I don't even know. Just mechanic. I was about to say one of the mechanics from Pat Lieber, but no, because uh, he was a lot more energetic than she is. Not that she isn't energetic, but she's she's got her quirks to her. She makes like you know certain remarks about her ship like good girl of a ship and all that stuff um she gets shot first first hand um and i was wondering if this was the wheaton trope of where he uh will always kill off the favorite the fan favorite cast member uh or character excuse me i was like wow this early on in the pilot that's amazing Mm. of course not she survives um Mm. yeah i don't know she just I, I assume that people are like would die for this person, this character, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard really anyone talk about her. Okay, like the hyperactive, cute character, I think works more in animation than mm-hmm. like live action. But that's just me. That's fair. Um, yeah, it works for Ed for me because like she's just so adorable and like scatterbrained. And I know this is supposed to be a similar version to that character, but not really it's not doing anything for me um not saying i hate her or anything like that just like dot 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 like i'm kind of neutral on it but she could win me over if by the end of serenity um let's see what else we have um the, the working woman uh the working woman yeah um, anara 
Nanara. Uh, first, first thinking she was an ambassador, but really she just is a working woman on uh, the ship. She pilots a, I guess, rents out, sorry, a, I guess the escape pod, if you want to call it yeah. that. And then <laughs> uh, she brings in customers. Now, I don't know if that's for her own. Well, it's, she gets paid by them. And then she, I guess in turn, she pays for her rent on the ship, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and travel to port for port, get new, uh, yeah, new Johns. Um, I guess she's one of the next to the mechanic. She's uh, once again the heart of the group. Yeah, the mechanic's also the heart of the group. Um, she's also trying to at least, as a person who works with people, uh, she understands them, which is an interesting way to go with this uh, character type or the job type. Excuse me. So I mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then we have yeah. her at odds with somebody else. Go ahead. Yeah, and I always liked that that was kind of a another bleed over from the Westerns. It was like she had her own little brothel, almost. Yes, no. There, there, she has a burlesque house, almost. Um, and that is, yeah, I didn't think of that. It's You have the showgirls, uh, basically, from there. So it's like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think of that. That's, that's smart. Um, played by Deadpool's girlfriend, who is honestly one of my, like, favorite actors, so... Uh, or at least favorite yeah that was always that was always my number one thing that i thought of with her and then also the v uh series the rebooted v series okay she was the, the lead villain on that and yeah you always fond of her uh so she'll go well and then obviously she went she and is or her character is going at odds not fully but at odds with the shepherd uh the the mm. the, the, the the religious figure uh he is you know, a man who was at a an abbey for a while and by the end of it was like I got on the wrong ship because he was looking to just be a wayfarer he's <laughs> walking the planets basically like just seeing the universe uh, seeing I guess the, the the human spirit and seeing what the the, the human condition is like um, and he's certainly very perturbed by the end of it mm. uh, the, the, the pilot excuse me um and I'm surprised he he does seem very like taken aback at what's the events that transpired, which makes perfect sense, of course. Yeah, yeah, and I remember he was one of the characters that really stood out going through the series. I thought he had some really cool stuff, and I read a cool uh, comic uh, that was kind of surrounded his backstory. That, that was really cool. And I assume that yeah, this had just like Buffy and I don't know what other wheat and stuff, but I assume that this had a comic series after. Mm -hmm. before, after the show, but before Serenity, I don't know about before Serenity. It might have, but I can't. I can't remember for sure. When was Serenity? What year did Serenity come out? Excuse me. I think it was two thousand six or seven. Okay, because I thought that was the case. Yeah. Uh, um. So he'll be interesting person to look at. Doctor. My, what a what a fascinating character. Um. Again, shrouded. He's shrouded in mystery. He's painted to look like he's a Federation or the government agent uh, in the be in the not be be beginning, but like similar to being federal agent. Uh, and then turns out he is a pro prodigy when it comes to uh, medical field that he's in. I don't know what type of doctor he is. <laughs> he's just or not not medical. I know I know what kind of doctor he is, but I don't know if he's like a a physician. Or if he's a surgeon, those aren't exactly the same. Again, there's specialization fields when it comes to the fields of medicine and biology. So, 
I, I don't know if he's just a way of having just a doctor but again you have all the uh, like you said they have all these character types from westerns and you always have you get the preacher man and then you have the doctor um, and you know by the end of it he has a role in the ship which was kind of cool I don't know if he'll leave it all we'll find out eventually I'll, I'll have to wait and see for that um, and yeah the mystery box plot idea that's surrounding the whole show is well let's just be honest here it's Outlaw Star <laughs> Hmm. I'm kidding. It's a, it's another TV series from Japan in the in the 90s, and the big thing. I don't know if you know that. Have you watched it or have you heard of it? Heard of it, but not watched it. So the whole thing that people compare it to Firefly is because there's a scene in that where uh, this this kid finds a girl inside a box, a metallic like I guess hibernation chamber box, and in the pilot. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where we find Summer Glau in a... Sorry, River. Uh, inside a cryogenesis, cryogenesis box. Mm. Um, yeah. That's just the comparison everybody makes and calls Wheaton a hack. Of course, they don't know they don't call him that. But it's, just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun... Well, there's something I'll, I'll mention in, in a bit. But, like, yeah, no, there's... Mm. It's just that... Fun, it's a funny comparison, that's all. Uh, whether he did was inspired by it or not, it's just a coincidence. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> she plays... Thankfully, she's not amnesiac, which is good. Um, but she certainly plays a very traumatized and uh, shell-shocked character. I will say that. Mm. At least, again, first episode. Uh, don't know what's going on with her, like her backstory, other than what we know uh, so far that she seems to have psychic powers or at least the ability to uh do excel at certain skills and talents uh without even knowing it so again i assume psychic even though i even though i technically know stuff from pop culture i assume it's psychic powers yes uh it's it's maybe a mix but yeah i, I won't spoil too much but <laughs> okay that's yeah, yeah yeah you don't have to um but for now she gets a pass because we don't know like again the that's the mystery surrounding her and uh again her readjusting to i guess people and so society after the government it would seem has uh very much experimented and harmed her so that'll be interesting to watch uh, i look forward to that and uh other than that um anybody else the government stooge agent was well stooge <laughs> Uh, but I was very much shocked as soon as like he held, he took River hostage like th twice, three times, um, right at the very end after uh, Reynolds has completed his uh, his trade off. Does he just come in to the ship and just shoots him like right in the head? Like he's had enough of him. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, and oh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. He tempts the muscle the dumb muscle and seems like it worked i don't know if he gave him the means to escape from that bedroom tied up I, I couldn't even tell you but and then we have the both planet or both uh black market people or whatever both merchants um <laughs> yeah they both don't like reynolds so he obviously doesn't he has a bad name to him uh i, I will say that in the, the first merchant that he goes to uh, really reminded me 
of the scene in The Mandalorian, uh, episode one, when he goes to see those Imperials. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. I, I don't know why, it just, it just did. Um, so that's kind of funny. I don't know if they, The Mandalorian, took after that, or it's just, again, coincidence. Um, and then the second one, of course, I maybe this is, again, retroactive, because th- th- that was... What was it? What year was it? 90, 98? 2001? When was the pilot? Firefly, yes. For Firefly? Uh, I think it was 2002? 2002. Thank you. Uh, it's just funny how... Like, now that character exists, but, like, the second person he deals with obviously betrays him uh, because it's her planet that she runs. So I'm like, yeah, okay, make, makes sense. But I've seen this character before. But again, it's... Not really a character, more as just like an obstacle for Reynolds uh, to get his money's worth. Uh, so yeah, that's what I thought of the characters. <laughs> Anything other to do with characters or next question? Um, yeah, I don't have too many questions, but how did you feel? Because if I remember correctly, the pilot opens up um, kind of a flashback, I, I think. And it's like showing the con- like his Confederate days or whatever they call their little... Well, I don't know if it's flashback is more as like it that's the present day and then we time skip to because if it was a flashback then it would be present day first and then we would flash back this is like it starts off like during his war during the war Mm. excuse me and then it flash forwards to six years later so i wouldn't call it like a flashback but i I, I see what you mean but it's like kind of it's present day then present day again i don't know (laughs) Yeah, regardless, uh, I always liked that element of it. I, I always have a thing about, um, because it kind of feels like a, a mirroring of, like, the frontier days during the old, uh, Old West Wars. Wars of the Native Americans. And then we get this weird threat, this, the, the Reavers. Um, I don't remember if they, they say much about them in that first pile, but I always thought they were a cool, uh, kind of mysterious villain. Well... Yeah, but it's the villain where you don't know much about them, and as soon as and you leave it up to the person's uh, the the viewer's imagination. And of course, as soon as you reveal them, the viewer will go, "Oh, that's boring," because <laughs> I thought they would be this, and they apparently aren't. Some do it pro- per- perfectly and properly; others don't. I'm being cyn- cynical, pardon me. Um, but I really didn't think much of them. I hope they will uh, just as like a threat. Uh, mm. I hope they don't represent the whole indigenous people as viewed by white Americans in the 19th century as savages, because that's ugly if that's the case. Yeah, I just think, uh, I think just picking up the trope. Okay, but obviously not hopefully portrayed as by indigenous peoples. Yeah, no, it'd be, uh, yeah, because they'd be aliens, so maybe they're indigenous somewhere, but... <laughs> yeah, they have to be indigenous from some planet, but I assume they're yeah. human, so... Because, again, there's a lack of aliens in this world, or in this universe, so... Or at least, mm. so far. Um, I mean, hey, Cowboy Bebop didn't exactly have aliens. It had that one crustaceous creature, but, like... Again, I assume like that was alien from Earth, but it was real. Anyway, it was just a different creature from a different planet. What? Doesn't matter. Um, I will say, I like the effects. Uh, as much as people might knock on, knock on them right now, like, t- today... I think the effects are charming, and I really do like like how 2002 CG looks. Um, hmm. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I remember uh, I watched it on Blu-ray, I don't know, like maybe five or six years ago, something like that. And I remember thinking the effects held up well, uh, surprisingly. Yeah, you can tell they certainly are from early aughts, but I think they work. I think it works pretty good. 
Um, I don't know how Battle Star Galactica looked, but oof, goddamn, <laughs> love that show. I think the effects hold up there too. Okay, that's fine. Although I assume because it was a pilot, they got well. First off, eighty-eight minutes. Um, I assume it got more money, obviously. Mm. And um, you know, funny enough, I could almost see the series being like eighty-eight minutes each episode. Uh, so you get way shorter. Uh, that's the other thing is that I didn't feel that it was it was like wasting time, or I was just looking at my watch. I felt like every scene needed to be in there, and it told the story it needed to. I'm just like, dang it! I wish like we did more. I guess TV specials slash TV movies, whatever you want to call it. Like this series is, mm. it's got like no. Well, it's like Sherlock, uh, the BBC Sherlock, where what are they like an hour and a half or something like that? But each episode is yeah. as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of wish that was the case in this, but obviously, yeah, sadly not. Whatever. Yeah, what, whatever. Stuck in the old model. I don't know if that would have helped it, or yes, yeah, stuck the old model. Um, I don't know if that's what would it, what it could have been, but uh, I, I assume that the budget and some of the special effects are gonna not downgrade, but you're not gonna see as much in this in the next few episodes. Yeah, I remember there was a number of episodes where yeah they really pull away from anything that would have a lot of effects. So. Yep, which is fine, which is perfectly fine. I don't, I, I respect that. Um, Let's see. Do I have anything else? Oh, so um, once we open six years later when they're like looking, they're scavenging for resources on that destroyed ship, I could not help but think of Magnetic Rose for memories. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, no, I could see it. Yeah. And then and then when, um, when, then when the working woman was introduced, I'm like, this is, like, this does now feel like it really does feel like Magnetic Rose because of <laughs> yeah. Okay, obviously the the opera singer in that was not a working woman, but it's just they have a similarly uh, similarly designed dress. They're both wearing red, mm-hmm. and they both are in like this baroque looking um, room. So I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this looks. Why does this look, why does this remind me so much of again? Just it's certain aspects of it that remind me of it it's not obviously if it was magnetic rose Wheaton you did a good job with it <laughs> probably not but or whoever his um, his his secondary guy who made this uh, with him was oh yeah huh I don't remember hmm. so I guess asking you now what's the time frame here of all of Wheaton's productions so we have Buffy's first when is that one uh, when was that one air? Uh, Buffy? Yeah, Buffy. Uh, 90, the, the movie or the uh, the TV show? Uh, TV show. 97. Movie was 94, wasn't it? Uh, I think the movie was maybe 92. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it's a long time getting off the ground before it finally got to a series. It was 97, and Buffy stops airing and ends what year? Oh, I think it was maybe 2004, I think is when it ended. So when does Angel start? Hmm. Hmm. I think Angel started during Buffy's fourth season. Okay. Oh, I don't know when that was. Maybe 2001? Maybe I'll quickly look it up. Okay, fair enough. And did did Angel himself also appear in Buffy every now and then past uh, season four or whatever season it was? Oh, wow. It was season two, 1999. Oh, yeah, he kept showing up every now and again. Yeah. Man, that actor had to do a lot of overtime. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having his own show and then like having to go and guest star on the other show. Or was he a guest on that show or was he a series regular on Buffy? Oh, it was more like a guest, but when he would show up, he'd usually have, you know, a few episodes, a little yeah. string of them. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and I never really watched Angel. I've only seen, like, I watched the first season. I bought the DVD, but I didn't watch when it was airing. I don't, I don't think I really knew about it at the time. Wow. Okay. Would you go back, or is there no real reason? Um, me and Brianna are planning to eventually go through Buffy at some point. Hey, good job, bud. So we'll probably watch Angel next to it, just like we did with Vampire Diaries and the originals. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, and so Wheaton basically has, again, as 12 episodes it is, he has three shows running at the same time. Yeah, pretty close to it. Yeah. Freaking holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that that's a lot. And I can't remember when Dollhouse started. That's well after, I assume. Yeah, I think that came after uh, Serenity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all his shows. Yeah, so he was working a ton. Yeah. yeah, he's he he. I assume he also did both the Firefly comics and Buffy comics. I know that. Yeah, he he definitely had a hand. He was like, like maybe the the comic runner, if there's if that's a term. Like he was guiding what what stories they're doing. I think. Okay, so he wasn't always doing everything. He wasn't always writing it all. Well, but he was the producer. Yeah, kind of overseeing it. But yeah, I don't think he was writing everything. Interesting. No. Okay. Um, I guess that works. There's the thing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just. Um, uh, where is I going with this? Uh, yeah, I don't know much else. I'm just like. Oh, what does he do? Is it Faye or Frey? What's that sequel series to Buffy in comics? Do you know about that? No, no, I don't. It's like a hundred years after Buffy the Vampire. It's the next like Demon Hunter or whatever Cher Michelle Buffy herself, whatever her title is. It's like the next one. Oh wow, interesting. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Hmm. Oh, okay, fair enough. To look into it. I think I think Eric on Geek Solution uh, reviewed it years ago, or him and him and Cap talked talked about it years ago. No, what the hell was it called? It, there was something. No, it had a unique name. I was I want to say Witchblade, but that's not which. That is not that is not it. Which played is something completely different. Yeah, I never paid any attention to the comics for for Buffy for whatever reason. So yeah, I'm not not too sure. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I guess that's it for uh, Firefly now, just because it was episode one. But I'd say yeah, it's it's worth it. Uh, I obviously don't have a lot of like. I'm not orgasming over it, um, <laughs> like everybody probably wants me to. Uh, I think it's a good show, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's not hooking me, hooking me, hooking me. Also, some of the fight scenes were a little bit like, eh. But I, whatever. That is what it is. Uh, just it was just uh, it was just quick cut, and I was like, well, fair enough. Obviously, nobody's a martial artist, so I I should allow it. It's, it's, it's that's okay, but. If I'd be critical there, it's that. But, you know, I think everybody serves their purpose there. Um, and I don't know how many seasons the guy had in mind for, but hmm. all down the crapper. Yeah, that's always been sad. But we got the movie. Um, this this is spoilers for me. Nothing to do with the, the story, but I've only ever seen the movie once. And I've never never had much desire to go back. That's not to say that I thought it was good or bad. But it was just when I watched the movie, I was kind of like, okay, that's, 
I guess that's I guess that's that for Firefly. So, so I'm curious to hear what what you'll think if you yeah you know, if you eventually get there because well, I know that yeah. that is very uh very divided opinions among fans. Some people think it was like a masterpiece. Ooh, controversy! I love this. Some people hated it. I just felt like it just made me sad that I was like, well, this I guess Firefly's over now. So. <laughs> yeah, I know my the, the friend I was with. She was or they were um, they're very excited to watch it again it being you know one of their favorite up series and i was just like okay <laughs> it just sound like a complete dick bag uh just just thinking that like oh yeah you're gonna i just want to like crap and be cynical on this thing i'm like i try i swear i'm not yeah and you do have a a mild uh weed and bias Maybe it didn't come into effect here, but I know that that's... Uh... It wasn't even that. No, it wasn't even that. It was just more like, it's popular, so, like, immediately hype, ba- hype, ba- or backlash. Mm. Which is so, again, toxic and, 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 and cynical of me to say. I gotta give a series its fair dues, and I was, I, I enjoyed it. Now, it's not like making me... Well, I watched the, I will watch the next episode because I want to watch the next episode. And... <laughs> Also, there's an obligation to watch, the, finish the series because it's only 12 episodes. So, like, I should at yeah. least give it that. And the movies, it's like, yeah, I'm giving my her dues, and this is like the perfect time, basically. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, that probably closes our our Firefly discussion. Um, I could say some brief words on the t- first two episodes of Rings of Power, if you're uh, if you're interested here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll ask some stuff if you don't mind. So it was just the first two that released uh, as of, I guess, yesterday, September 2nd? Yep, yeah, just the first two. So um, production-wise, did it show its money, basically? Like, is it a very, yeah. like, well, okay, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't look as good, I would say, although this could be rose-colored glasses, as the original uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Interesting. But I do think it looks quite a bit better than the Hobbit trilogy does in some ways. I can see that. Yeah, where the Hobbit trilogy overindulged in CGI that maybe wasn't up to snuff, this series plays some of that back and more relies on, uh, yeah, just sets and like natural settings. And I also haven't seen a lot of scary beasties, so maybe when we see that stuff, maybe it'll show its uh, limitations more. First two episodes for its sakes. We gotta like, we'll eventually get there. Yeah. Um, have you read the Silmarillion? Because I know there's parts of those tales that are in the Rings of Power. No, I most definitely have not. Okay. Um, I never even finished reading the Lord of the Rings books. Shocker of shocks. I got maybe 150 pages into the Fellowship of the Ring, and I was just like, I am just not engaged almost at all. <laughs> I'm having to force myself to read this. Tolkien has a way with words that might be boring for some people. I don't know. <laughs> and I can enjoy The Hobbit. I just feel like all the things that I didn't like about The Hobbit were, like, boosted up to 11 when reading Lord of the Rings. And it was like, wow, wow. So. <laughs> Again, it's not for everybody, but maybe an audio... I don't know if an audiobook would work well with the books. Yeah, that's that's fair. I c- yeah, maybe maybe I'll try that at some point. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, from what I remember, again, I think my dad read us Fellowship of the Rings in as a kid and started Two Towers, but I think he was just like, okay, this is, there's there's a lot here. Not <laughs> not not scary stuff, but, like, there's a lot of, like, it's, it's very dense. Yeah, very, very dense. You can see why I think either... Okay, 
I'm pulling this out of my rear, but I feel like C.S. Lewis was a little more accessible than Tolkien was, even though Tolkien's way more like well-known. I guess. I could be wrong on that. You know, I'm gonna I bet I retract my statement there. I don't know, but obviously the two were best friends. Um, yeah, it's just a brief brief uh, bunny trail there. I think I mentioned when we did Bear that I recently read C.S. Lewis's sci-fi book. Yes, you did. Which would you recommend? Oh, I would definitely recommend that, Out of the Silent Planet. I'll do that myself. And funnily enough, it was actually a bet. I don't remember if I mentioned that. A bet between J.R. Tolkien and um, and C.S. Lewis. They were like, let's write something that's completely out of our wheelhouse. The, the bet was for uh, Lewis to write a sci-fi book. I can't remember what it was for Tolkien, but I know that Tolkien never finished his version. <laughs> Oops. And then Lewis made a trilogy of his books. So <laughs> that's amazing. That it's between two friends. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool little tidbit. You, you and I have to make uh, commentaries uh, of like a full-on co- solo commentary uh, of a movie, and we'll <laughs> see who like responds better. I guess through the audience reception. Excuse me. Oh no. <laughs> oh jeez. Solo commentaries. Uh, music. What did you think of any of the background score? Hmm. Um, I thought it was quite good. Um, they got back Howard Shore to do the opening to the show. Um, not a great opening, but but you can kind of feel that it is Shore doing it. And they brought on Bear McCreary to do the regular score. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I saw him on because they released title recently released the uh, score on title, and it was Bear. And he's been popping up everywhere. Uh, oh yeah, he's, he's had a recent like renaissance, or at least he's he's a working man right now. Yeah, and he he's he often delivers good work, and this shows no uh, no exception. So good work. I think he also did uh, Wheel of Time, if I recall. Oh wow, I think wow. I could be wrong on that. I should just look it up. But every time I think of Bear McCree, I hear that name. I'm just like I think of a guy from Denver with a big burly beard. <laughs> That's fair. Probably not him. Sorry if that's typecasting uh, or stereotyping, but I just think of a guy from, like, the Midwest. And funnily enough, I think he was friends with uh, James Rolfe. Oh! Uh, the angry... Because uh, I remember when when the uh, second Godzilla movie came out, I, I think James mentioned in, in that video, he's like, oh, and it was score of my friend. Oh, that's right. I was like, oh, yeah. what the hell? That's so random. That's right. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> Uh, but I don't have too much. Uh, these first two episodes were mainly just setting up uh, the many different characters that we're following in the show. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I don't even really know what the plot's going to be at this point. Um, I don't know how all these very, very separate plots are going to connect. So, But I will say that um, even though I was very skeptical when I found out that it was not going to be another adaptation of Lord of the Rings, which I thought it was... And it was another prequel. I was kind of like, ah, fuck that. Like, I'll still watch it, but I have no interest in another prequel. And the prequel elements, I think, are the weakest part. Like, we follow uh, Galadriel and Elrond. And I'm just like, ah. Okay, okay. That's who that is. And it's my old school problem that I have a ton with modern Star Trek. Where it's like, they brought back these two characters. They gave these new characters the names of the old characters. But they don't have any sort of feeling or any sort of DNA of the original character in them. So it's kind of like they're that character name only. At least that's how it feels to me. So so th- that kind of... It took me longer to warm to the two of them than it's taken me longer. Or than it's taken me to, to warm to anyone else. So I was kind of like, ah, I don't care about seeing a younger version of them. 
So, uh, just to show my ineptitude, it, when you refer to those characters, you're talking uh, Kate Winslet's character. Not Winslet, sorry. Um, Kate, what's her name in the Lord of the Rings? Beckinsale thing. Uh, Beckins oh, not Beckinsale. No, that's the Underworld girl. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, what is her name? Uh, she was in Thor. Uh, that's not what she's only in, but she's an indie. Yeah, Blue Jasmine. I'm terrible. Um, and she was just recently in Carnival. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Nightmare Alley. Whatever Dark was it? Yeah, Nightmare Alley. Thank you. Yeah, I can't remember her her name, but yeah, I don't. Know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I want to say Winslet, but it's not. Um, and then <laughs> the other character you're referring to is yeah, the guy from uh, the Matrix. And yeah, uh... Uh, why do you have to say that? Because now I was trying to remember his name. Um, Oops. <laughs> no, that's fine. V, v for Vendetta himself and Megatron. Why are we all, what are we on today? <laughs> Can't remember this guy's name. No, me neither. But but yeah, yes, him. Yeah, that that character. What actor? But yeah, those those characters. Uh, what were the, what was the, um, how long were both? Were they both the same length, or obviously were one minutes apart? Uh, just bare minutes apart. They're both over an hour. I think the first was an hour five. The second was an hour seven. So. Uh, yeah, did it feel like there was meandering at all, or was it basically sticking to its plot? No, it felt uh, it felt like it was all um, well-paced. Um, but again, two hours in, and I don't know what the plot's going to be. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, uh, what did you think of the cinematography? Uh, cinematography was good. Um and I feel like the sets and everything were, were quite good. It does feel like it could be in that universe. And, and they got all the uh, like the designs for the various characters down pretty well. I thought one of the cooler uh, inventions of the show is we meet like a different variety of hobbits. Oh, okay. So none of the Shire. Yeah, none of the Shire hobbits. These are actually migrating hobbits. So they just live in an area for a season and they move on to the next season. Interesting. So they're a little bit more woodsy, uh, and a little bit more, uh, like, they don't dress. Like, I know Eric, on one of our recent podcasts, complained that he never liked Lord of the Rings, that the hobbits just looked like regular British people from when Jared Tolkien would have lived. Oh, like, I see. They look like people from, like, the 1940s, just living in this world. These ones look more like, yeah, just, like, maybe indigenous folks or something. Yeah, um, yeah, like... They, they actually look fantasy. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, thank you. Hugo yeah. Weaving. There we go. Oh, and it's Kate. No, I still don't have it. <laughs> I was hoping if I just said the, the Kate name that it would just jump into my brain, but it didn't. <laughs> Blanchette? No. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Kate Blanchette. Uh, so it, this Amazon series is connected to Peter Jackson, or it's not? Um... Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if they legally can. I, I found out that they're only able to adapt the Similarian or whatever, however you say that. Oh, it's one of the, okay, okay. So, because either Similarian's oh. in public domain, which I don't think it is, or they got permission from Tolkien's estate to do so, but they are, it's the Wizard of Oz thing where nobody can remake Wizard of Oz, which everybody wants to, but <laughs> they can do everything in their power to make and a remake a bunch of like adaptations which nobody's gone to the books for some okay okay i'll shut up 
I don't know if other people have gone to any of the other like million, not million, but other books that L. Uh, L. Braun was 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 creating, but like. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I'm I'm referring to like you know how there was Oz, Great and Powerful. There was Return to Oz. There was Wicked. Those are the only three I know. Of course, it's terrible for me to say. Well, there uh, there was the Return to Oz movie in the '80s, which was like a horror movie almost from Disney. I thought I said that, didn't I? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about in the books. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, the book, like, like film-wise, Return to Oz. Well, they're all like that one's a se- well, like a sequel to. Uh, the, the 1930s one, or 1939, but it's not. Uh, or Sorry, sorry, no, that's not. But it's it's one idea. And then, yeah, there's the other books that they could have done. Uh, but And there's always, like, reimaginings like Wicked or, like, Oz Great and Powerful. But they never can actually remake the film. So they have to do everything around the film, so this is kind of similar. Yeah, and I think it might actually just be the appendices that I saw they're allowed to make. Which I don't even know what that means. I have no clue what that means. Just author's notes of like, all right, an <laughs> author's note, this, 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 and this. Um, okay, and they turned that into a series. Um, yeah, how the hell do you sell that? <laughs> I don't even know. Just get a bunch of writers who know what they're doing, I guess, to like expand on it. So basically what it sounds like, it's a prequel. It's the old Republic, if we're talking Star Wars, because there's the prequels mm. and then there's the Republic. So if Hobbit is the prequels to Lord of the Rings, then the Rings of Power is the prequels to, I guess, yeah, Lord of the Rings. The prequel prequel, excuse me, to the prequels. Yeah. It made no sense, whatever, but in Star Wars terms, it makes perfect sense to me because there's the yeah. old Republic, <laughs> then there's the prequels, then there's the originals. Yeah, and it's basically like a world that's been at peace for a long time. Like they they cleaned out the world of the these orcs, now the like the horrors are basically like hidden and they're everyone's kind of forgotten. They moved into like peacetime. So Saruman has Sauron, sorry not Saruman. Sauron has yet to show himself. Uh, he had shown himself, but it's been I think like several hundred years. He like disappeared. Oh, so did he already craft the One Ring? No, this is uh, I believe. At the end of this show will probably be the conflict that makes them craft the rings. But okay, so this is the this is this is literally the beginning of uh, of Fellowship of the Ring, where they have the in, not intro, but they have the whole backstory on like you know nine rings for the men for the for the houses of men or whatever it is, three for mm-hmm. I think dwarves, however many for elves, and then one ring to a world. So that's basically the show if i had to condense it down to like a sentence i'm i believe that's what they're gonna do yeah i I haven't read anything if they're saying that's what's gonna be okay and i know it's gonna be multiple seasons so i don't know if it's gonna take them forever to get there but the title seems to imply that well everybody could just go and play shadow of mordor or shadow of war if they wanted to no of course not that's not (laughs) but like yeah that's that's interesting i know that i've seen some i think i watched the trailer uh, which, you know, I'm pretty sure they show orcs. I don't know if that's in the first two episodes, but I know orcs are seen. Again, it's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler if that's the case. Yeah, and to be fair, we do we do see them early on because they, they open this show like they open the movies where they give a backstory of everything that leads up to the, the start okay. of the, the show. So we see orcs then during like their, their early battles before they uh, push them to the fringes. So acting, what do you think of the actors acting characters? Uh, that was a sentence. It, yeah, 
I only know one of the actors from anything else, the person who plays Gladriel. Um, but even her, almost all of them don't feel... Uh, they feel more like just TV work from the old days, because now you say TV work and it can be like some of the best acting you've ever seen. This one, it just feels like some of the uh, the polish isn't quite there. Kind of makes me think of the Halo TV series, where it all feels a little bit like people in this fantasy world, but they oh, can't boy. quite they can't quite get past the fact that they don't actually exist in that fantasy world. That makes sense. I see. They're not like they're not uh, telling the lie. They're not they're not lying to the audience of like the the best lie of like convincing people that this actually yeah. exists. I think the the one. The one group I think that gets it the best are the, the dwarves. They feel the most like they, the actors who are portraying them feel the most like they get what Lord of the Rings kind of performance needs to be. A lot of the other folks, eh, I don't know. Might take some time, for instance. I know this is not, this is ongoing, but it's already been filmed, but like, it might take some time for them to get into the role. That's usually how things work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was the same thing with like, uh, TNG in like season one. Oh yeah, definitely. So there you go. Like, it's the whole growing the beard idea of like a, a an actor getting used to their role and understanding how uh, their their television show works. Yeah, and this will probably be my last thing to say on it before we jump into Avatar. But that's that's one of the reasons I've been so stunned. Because I don't know if you've seen the fan reaction, but people are like losing their minds over this show right now. Almost all of my my Facebook groups. There is at least one or two posts a day, and half the time, people are like raging about this show. Like they're so angry. It's very weird. Oh, what? Okay, you you just said two different things that I. First, I thought you meant they were like going. They love the show, and now I hear you're saying they don't like the show. I'm like, what's going on here? Oh no! Yeah, no, they're raging. Yeah, they're going crazy in terms of, there. So many fans are like really angry about it. Well, at least at least the ones that you have interacted with, we don't. I don't know if it's like universal. No, no, just just yeah, my limited groups that I'm in, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen the usual woke crowd coming out. Oh, no. I mean, that's not even the crowds that I've seen. The people that I've seen are just like, this is a disgrace to Lord of the Rings. Oh boy, because I guess a lot of them also thought it was going to be a remake of Lord of the Rings, and so a lot of them are furious that it's this prequel that no one expected. Um, but yeah, the woke the woke crowd I've seen, yeah, completely up in in uproar about this show. They're angry about all the black people in it. We never saw black elves. We never saw black dwarves. This is just a betrayal to Tolkien's uh, vision. Or uh, that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, you know, the focus on the female characters. Yeah, I've seen a lot of anger about that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that idea of, like, at, at some point you're just going to have to, like, make your own fantasy series that has these characters in it, then you can't complain, because, well, that, that's kind of how it would work. <laughs> I mean, hey, Avatar doesn't have any black people in it. Oh, oh the, the TV series? Yeah, Avatar, the last airbender, excuse me, there has no, like, black people in it. Like, why hasn't anybody canceled that show? Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Oh, but it has every other, like... Ethnicity yeah. in there, beside and and Caucasians don't exist in there, so like, it's it gets a pass. It's like, are you sure about that? Watch, I, I wonder. I I absolutely wonder if like any, any in this. I don't want to come off as racist, but like I, I do wonder if 
in the new Netflix show if that will have any African American or African descent people um, in the show. It'll be interesting. Um, expanding it out a little more. That'd, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm positive they will. Yeah. I don't feel like like they can make these shows really with these kind of big studios without that kind of representation now. I feel like unless they're just buying it from another studio, I feel like then, yeah, the representation is kind of mandated. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't get the... I don't get why it bothers people necessarily, but... Uh, it's just you know, it's that woke crowd that, you know, you can try to understand or you know go and understand and it's, again there's there's a kernel of like truth to uh, what they're uh what are they, they're protesting for yeah and i will comment um in, in one thing that leans in their favor um <laughs> there is a, a prolifer pro proliferation <laughs> i should say of female characters in the show and um, the more that they were revealed, the more that I was like, okay, of course, you know, here we're, here we're going to see the new race. Are they going to have a, a female lead leading that section of their kind of uh, of the show? So, so when that was showing up, like I know Eric kind of complains. One of the things that annoys him with woke culture is how predictable it is. Where it's like you could, before you even meet these characters, you can guess that of course it's going to be this, this, or that. He says that that's one of the things that really bothers him. And I could definitely feel a little bit of that with this show, but for me, it just doesn't really—it just—it doesn't matter one way or the other for me. So that's fair. Well, that's—I uh, think, I think he also agrees. If it goes down the exact same trail, and it's like, okay, try something new, please. Like, yeah, obviously bringing out like different ethnicities and genders—that works. But is it the same as everything else? It's like, okay, well, why not be different? <laughs> Isn't that the whole idea? Isn't that the whole like idea behind it? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will. I will say. Uh, yeah, me too. I thought that what it sounded like was it was gonna start off with Rings of Power as like a prequel, and they weren't necessarily gonna do uh, the Hobbit, obviously. But I assumed, yeah, it was gonna be like afterwards a straight adaptation of and remake of all three books. That's what I thought. Yep. So I kept saying, oh, we're going to get the Saruman ending where, or not Saruman, but we're going to get in the Return of the King the ending, the Saruman taking over the Shire ending. It was like, oh, I get to finally see that. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. That would have been awesome, though. Oh, but, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the show well enough. I, I'm not going to say that it was like must-see TV or anything like that, but but I'm definitely curious to see where it's going to go, and I think the production values um, bring me something that I've been missing, with uh, especially during those Hobbit movies. Like I watched those, and it was just kind of like almost embarrassing. It's kind of like, wow, Peter Jackson—he's really whatever touch he used to have, he's really lost it. This feels like it's returning to some of that magic, so so I can appreciate that. It's good. So yeah, ongoing. I'll ask him, you know, later. On. I don't know if I'll ask him every single episode after he's watched it but i assume probably when it's over by like october i'll probably ask you though let you know what you thought overall sure absolutely looking forward to it oh but i guess it's I guess it's getting time to getting a little late over here it's yeah getting time to close up the bar yeah yeah you y- y- all know your roles everybody up out let's go wait i'm getting a phone call oh wait who is this what looking for a person 
what's her name? Aldi's. I've never heard of Aldi's. I'll, I'll I'll quickly ask. Hey, anybody? Is there a person here named Aldi's? No. Okay. Well, sorry, kid. There's not. What? Aldi's what? Aldi's what? In my face. What? Oh. Who is this? Hang out that phone. It's that punk kid again. Yeah. What? I don't even know. You're you're, you're spending. I I got. I'm spending precious like um phone line uh, money here. Get off. Get off here. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, if we see you in the street, we're gonna kick your butt. We're gonna put a kick me sign in your ass. That's I was <laughs> I don't I don't know what he's talking about. All D's something. I couldn't hear that last part. Yeah. Hey anybody Well, I mean, let me get rid of these peanuts over here and have them nut or whatever. Yeah, if you guys can get out of here, I'm gonna get the blower that we use for the leaves and we blowing your asses out. That's right. I'm getting a little surly. The booze. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days like the health inspector's gonna come or the Whoever it is, restaurant um, supervisors are going to come in and he's going to find that you're drunk behind the bar again. We're going to get our licenses revoked. Hey, you know, you just slip them some cash like last time and they, they turn a blind eye. Did I say that out loud? We had to slip cash to the, like, yes, you did. And we had to slip cash to the uh, our distributors of liquor as well last time. What are you doing here, man? <laughs> hey, you do what you can to stay, stay open as long as you can. Not by any means necessary. <laughs> Oh, but let's 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 say goodnight to this. Here, here. Any last words for us? Well, uh, words of wisdom. Pay no attention to the men behind the counter right now. We're not, we're, oh, it's there just, you go. Just, just everybody <laughs> in file out. You know, we'll have the music play, whatnot, and the band play. And <laughs> good night, everybody, or good morning, or good afternoon, or whatever. Yeah, and peace. I saw the end of AEW when Punk was in Chicago and they ripped, like, I guess you, oh, didn't, wow. you haven't watched it, but, like, when uh, somebody was giving Punk the pep talk to sign a contract for, I guess, a, a, a towel shot. I don't know if it was a towel shot, but to yeah. get into something. Did you watch that one? I haven't watched it yet, but I know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if that's spoilers for you. I'm sorry if that is, but. It's not. I already know. Yeah. You kind of knew. Um, and I asked, because they played his theme at the end, and I was like, I asked my dad, do they, do the wrestlers keep their theme? But I think what he instead heard what me say was, do the wrestlers keep their name? Which I, I didn't ask, but <laughs> that, that leads me to ask you, when can they keep their name and their theme? Because, like, how is it that, like, I don't know if WWE is owns CM Punk the name, or if they 
how how does it work exactly? Because I guess it's there's a wrestler who has their own like I guess intellectual property, and then they're signed with a company. Um, I think it depends um, when they trademark their name, whether the company thinks there's enough value in the trademark to use their name or to give them okay. a different name. And for Punk's music, um, he didn't get that music until he became like the champion. Okay. And yeah, he brought it along because Tony, like Tony Khan, who runs uh, AEW, is willing to pay the exorbitant <laughs> price that it was going to cost. Jeez. License that. That's insane. Okay, yeah. fair enough for him. Good, good, good for Tony, but like, man, that's fair enough. Yeah, even WWE didn't want to pay for cult personality, but it was the summer of Punk, and Punk was on a tear, and so they were like, okay, we'll give it to him. He's he's selling out uh, sta- uh, stadiums for us. So yeah, no, I mean, if it, it comes in, I mean, and you're talking, and and it's the they're they're um they're paying the license for the song. Mm-hmm. I okay, that makes sense. Which is yeah. why you always see a lot of, like, house music in there. Exactly, yeah. In-house music, not so much, like, house music, which is a different type yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, stuff that the studio itself produces, yeah. I don't know, does AW do the same same there, or do they contract yep. with uh, with music? Okay. Yeah, for some of their, they're, like, um, kind of the stars they discovered. Yeah, they'll make their themes for them. Okay. Um, whereas, so two guys, it was the... Um, it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex guy and that smaller dude, uh, whatever the name was in WWE, yeah. um, where they used um, uh, they used uh, what was it? They used a licensed song. I don't remember what it was called. I remember what it was. I just don't remember. I forget what the title of that song was called. Yeah, I forget too. Um, did Sting use his when they when he came there or no? That's interesting. Um, Sting is almost always paired up with a different talent, and they always use the other talent's theme. Okay, so. Given the man's stupidly old, so it's like... Yeah, he's like almost a manager, but not really. It kind of blurs the lines between manager and tag team. It's kind of weird and doesn't fully work, in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've been tuning out of AEW lately. I've been just completely just frustrated with the product. No way. What's happened, eh? Oh, Tony, he's just completely fucked it up. He's just doesn't... Oh, no. I've complained for a long time that he didn't fully know what, know what he was doing, but it's just become so apparent and it's just damaging the show. Oh no. Is he going Vince or is he uh, just doing stupider things? Yeah, stupider things. He just, he, he's lost, he's lost the plot and he's lost control of his storylines, lost control of his wrestlers. Oh no. A few weeks ago, Punk did this crazy promo. I don't know if I told you about this. No, you go ahead. Where he, he just got out of a, a not a very long feud with the the ex uh, world champion AEW, and he won. He he came in. They had like maybe like a, a maybe like a three promo build up to their their big bout. And in the second promo, the current world champion went off on this this unscripted rant about how he needed to protect AEW from CM Punk, and CM Punk wasn't liked in the locker room. And CM Punk didn't understand like the mission of protecting the workers, the whole thing that AEW was about. And Punk just looked completely mystified. He was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And he even said, he's like, I, you're talking in riddles. I can't even understand what you're saying, but I've got nothing against you. I just, every one of us here wants that title shot. It was very, it was a very strange promo. That's odd. And then Punk got injured. And when he came back, he was like, you know, I'm owed an apology. Hangman Adam Page. You know, you're not a professional. I think you're a coward. 
So I want you to come out here and, and fight me right now. And he sat there. He's like, I'll wait for you. Oh, wow. It was unplanned. The announcers were even like, oh, is uh, is Hangman even here in the building? Like, oh, this is weird. And then he sat there for like maybe like 30 seconds. And he stood up. He's like, I knew it. You're a coward. <laughs> and then switched into a different promo. And everyone was uncomfortable. You could tell like the, the stadium just went quiet. <laughs> so... Oh boy. So things are out of control. And then these two other, uh, I guess, superstars, AW, or a WWE would call them, recently got into like a fist fight backstage over a promo that wasn't planned. One of them called the other guy a fat piece of shit, and the other guy <laughs> didn't like it at all. So there's just a lot of chaos, and yeah, it's becoming just a train wreck watching that show. Oh <laughs> no, hopefully they can get back on the rails. Hopefully, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Take some time to... But anyway, uh, it's all started and went off on the tangent just because I said cactus. Yeah, jack. sorry. Uh, no, no, that's me as well. That's kind of my fault. Um, 